0: All right. So, as promised, this is going to be the second part of the "Good, the Bad, the Mad" podcast that I recorded with Kevin Miller, where we break down the rest of the movies, comic book movies that were done by DC and Marvel from 2007 up until today. Um, so, uh, just before we get to that, a little house cleaning. Um, I've been getting a lot of complaints because, like, the point of the crossover podcast is to crossover nerd and sports culture. And I've been getting a lot of complaints that, um, we've been doing a lot of sports stuff and not enough nerd stuff recently, but you you know, that's because it is a busy sports time of the year. March and April are one of the busiest months. March madness is, is going on. We've got, uh, spring training's about to end and baseball's going to start. So we've got that going on. The NHL and NBA playoffs are going to be starting soon. And, you know, it's just a lot of sports stuff going on, so we're we're leaning heavily towards the sports, but we're going to be getting into a lot of nerd stuff too because there's a lot of uh, nerd stuff coming up. As like the the Daredevil show is about to dip you on Netflix in a couple of weeks, um, the Ant Man movie's coming out, the Justice League movie's coming out. There's uh, Game of Thrones is going to be back soon. I know we're going to do a big Game of Thrones mega pod. Uh, In anticipation of that getting back in a few weeks, so you know we got a lot of nerd stuff coming up too. It's going to be a very busy time of year for the this new crossover podcast. Um, I know we got the big Daredevil show coming out on Netflix soon. Um, Later on this week, we're going to be I'm going to be recording a podcast commentary track for the Ben Affleck Daredevil that came out in 2003. So I'm going to slog through that with a couple of my friends and will end up doing a commentary track, so if you can find a stream or a DVD, or if it's on Netflix, try to find a track for the 2003 Ben Affleck Daredevil, because we're going to record a commentary track for that when we tear it to strides. But, without further ado, let's get to part two of the good, the bad, the meh, comic book movie edition. Um, so, we get out of 2006 and we enter 2007, which I'm going to submit to you is the worst year for comic book movies <laughs> the, the, of all time. The Dark Ages. <laughs> yeah, this is where we enter the Dark Ages, um, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on these first two. I, was I think. say, what was 2007? I'm trying to remember. 2007. Was they come Ghost Rider. They, they come out with the Nick Cage Ghost Rider, and they come out with the Rise of the Silver Surfer. All oh, right. I forgot they even made a sequel to that. How did I forget yeah, that? <laughs> they did. Um, I'm not going to spend any time on Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is a terrible movie. Do not see it. If you have seen it, like, like just like read a book. Read if if you're thinking of watching Ghost Rider and you're thinking of doing it so sober, do yourself a favor. Pick up a book and read it. <laughs> like just for God's sake, yeah. it's terrible. Do almost Rise anything sober, else. Yeah, do literally anything else to improve your mind. Um, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Also, like just as terrible. Ooh, the one good thing they got in this one is the CG on the Silver Surfer and Lawrence Fishburne's voice voicing the Silver Surfer were good and there was that cool sequence where he like morphs through the building. Other than that terrible film. And would you believe it's not over for two thousand and seven? Because Marvel decides to put a wrap on the crap sandwich of two thousand and seven with Spider Man three. Right. Yes, of course. The, a movie that had production problems from day one with like Sam Raimi was fighting the studio fighting the producers fighting everybody because the studio wanted them to do nothing except jam as many villains as they possibly could into this Mm -hmm. and all the Spider-Man fans wanted Venom and Sam Raimi didn't want to write a movie for Venom because of course we wanted Venom. (laughs) Oh yeah, of course he was. He's the coolest character in. Listen, I'm not blaming us for that. <laughs> no, I'm not blaming us for wanting Venom. I'm just saying, like the studio decided to do the Bob Marley and try to give the people what they want, but and forced Sam Raimi to shoehorn in Topher Grace as Eddie Brock in a terrible. <laughs> One of the weirdest casting decisions of my generation. <laughs> Yeah, and just uh, like well, he was trying to go for this. Hey, you know, like Toby Maguire and Topher uh, Grace are of similar builds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's see what happens if one. They try to do a yin yang thing. Yeah, where yeah. It was like,
1: no, oh, I get it.
0: Goes, I just and one guy stays good, and it just falls on its ass. Like it's just the fact that the fact that like it's is well documented amongst friends of ours that I was able to correctly predict dialogue in this film in the middle of the theater. It just lets oh, you know how, right, yeah. how cookie-cutter... I didn't see entire, it with you, but
1: I've heard the stories. Yeah,
0: the, the, the entire cookie... Uh, just cookie-cutter. Well, for those of you who haven't heard the story, I'll just tell the story. There's the scene where um, James Franco is... Like, bad guy James Franco, because he goes from bad guy to good at you know seemingly scene to scene in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the one scene where he decides to mock the, uh, Toby McGuire's Peter Parker and says, like, you know, Mary Jane tastes like... And then he gives it a pause. And yeah, in the middle of, of, of the course. theater, I yell... <laughs> Strawberries! Strawberries! Say strawberries! Loud enough that everyone in the theater can hear me. And then, sure enough, James Franco goes, Strawberries! <laughs> and then, like, half the theater started laughing, and it just let us know. And, like, God, it was terrible. Strawberries! <laughs> strawberries! <strawberry. laughs> just
1: terrible movie by the way uh for most popular culture whenever someone tastes like something they taste like strawberries it's well documented That's it's right. in buffy yeah
0: oh it was in I, one of the james bonds too i think sean bean said that t- in gold night oh yeah uh, <laughs> uh, uh i think he said it in gold night to uh pierce brosnan about uh, natalia the, mm. the russian computer scientist sean bean oh man yeah um well, it just lets you know that they were using cookie-cutter dialogue. Oh, and sure. Yeah. And then, like, the less said about, like, the emo scene. Like, I'll never forget most people groaning when, in that scene when uh, Topher Grace, sorry, not Topher Grace, Toby McGuire first puts on the symbiote, and then he, <laughs> like, brushes his hair down to look like he's, yeah. you know, the the fifth member of Fallout Boy.
1: I was going to say, yeah, like he's uh, moonlighting in uh, My Chemical Romance.
0: <laughs> sort of something just oh, terrible. Anyway.
1: Uh, but, yeah, the scene in that movie that just made me groan so goddamn hard was uh, the scene with Harry and his butler. When he's like, oh, I dressed your father's wounds that night, and it was clear to me that they had to have been self-inflicted. And it's like, oh, cool, well, that would yeah. have helped to know five years ago yeah, why thanks, you slowly Captain. watched me descend into madness. Yeah,
0: Captain Exposition scene. Yeah, thanks, it was just like, asshole. Yeah, and it was also terrible because, like... Like, the guy who was playing that butler, it was the Wayne's World 2 thing, where it was like, I know this is a small part, but for God's sakes, can we get somebody better? And it was like, that old dude was like, I dressed your father that... no, God, that was terrible. I'm trying not to curse, and Spider-Man 3 is making it very difficult for me. Let's move Um, on. (laughs) So, we get out of 2007, the worst movie year for comics, and we get into 2008, which is... We're, we're, this is where we enter the golden age of comic book movies. And 2008, my the, the greatest year of my life so far. The Celtics won a title that year. Oh, and right, also, yeah. The Dark Knight Rises mm-hmm. comes out. The greatest comic book movie of all time in my uh, opinion. Just The Dark Knight. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, not The Dark Knight. No, I, just, I oh, have to do the intro. I have to the <laughs> intro for the greatest comic book movie of all time, The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger's Joker, may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Keep bringing up all these dead people, unfortunately, man.
1: Well, wow. it's been but twenty just, years. I mean,
0: <laughs> I, I, I mean, the people that don't like the Dark Knight complain about, you know, like pretty much the only thing they can complain about is that it's too long. And yep. if that's the only complaint you have, and not only that, but like, it, like, yeah, it's too long, but like Nolan keeps you engaged the whole way. You get that awesome a, a performance that I. Was on the record in 2007 as saying, I wasn't sure if we could get a Joker as good as the old Jack Nicholson Joker, because mm-hmm. I thought he played that uh, role to perfection back well, in Well, and we were we
1: were gun-shy. I mean, we just saw one of our favorite Marvel characters get cast by Topher Grace, and we were like, oh, what? Why? And then we see Heath Ledger get cast as the... As, uh, the joker and we're like oh god here we go again
0: <laughs> yeah i can't remember who it was but when uh, it was announced that jared leto was playing the joker like jared leto has got has kind of got the same resume uh-huh. as um heath ledger had when it was announced that he was playing uh the joker back in 2005 or 6 or whenever it was um and i think it was dorkly.com that um did wrote a you know sarcastic article about you know Oh, saying, you know like, what? just sounds
1: familiar, yeah. Yeah, like,
0: pretty boy actors cannot play the Joker. It's been proven before. And then, mm-hmm. they, you know, I was just, you know, dripping with sarcasm. And then linked to a bunch of comments from, you know, 2006 of, you know, various message boards of people just trashing Heath Ledger saying there's no way um, that he could play the Joker in classic internet fashion of, you know, calling him, you know, yeah. homose- homosexual <laughs> terms and whatnot that have nothing to do with anything. I was on the record saying that um, I was on the fence about Heath Ledger, but I, I, it didn't get to the point with me where I was like, you know, calling him names on the internet. I just, I looked at his resume and I was just, just kind of like, eh, I don't see it.
1: Well, and I think I was in the same boat. Like, I, I was skeptical, but I had never... Like I've seen, I'd seen a handful of Heath Ledger movies up to that point, and not really. I mean, I like them generally. Like I, I'd seen Ten Things I hit About You, and enjoyed it. I'd seen uh, A Night's Tale, which I still love. It's a ridiculous movie, but it has a soft spot in my heart.
0: And that was really his resume too. Like he, he had those, like Brokeback Mountain. I don't think. Uh, well, let me look up Brokeback Mountain. What year did Brokeback Mountain come well, Brokeback out? Brokeback was to? definitely before Dark Knight. It was. Yeah, I want to say. I, I, think I, wanna it, say it, yeah, I think you're right because I was still in. Yeah, oh five. So yeah, Brokeback Mountain. So that was basically his resume, right? It was mm-hmm. Brokeback Mountain, Night's Tale, Ten Things I Hate About You, and um. So like, I just looked at it, and I was just like, and those those particular parts don't exactly like. While he's good in those movies, why? Wow, it's still like the teen them.
1: heartthrob sort of roles.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's still the teen heartthrob kind of roles, and then he has a role where he's playing a, you know a gay cowboy, but. Mm-hmm. Like, I I so that was basically my hesitation for uh, Heath Ledger, and I don't think anybody would blame me at the time. But I certainly wasn't on the internet, you know, typing nonsense calling him a. No, you
1: know, I generally try to not be him, that guy. Not,
0: <laughs> no, and I, I pride myself on not <laughs> being that guy. Mm-hmm. But so, Dark Knight wasn't the only movie that came out in 2008. No, it isn't. 2008 Almo also saw a tremendous performance as Marvel starts the golden age that they are now currently in, seven years strong as they come out with Iron Man.
1: Yep, I nearly got, well, maybe not fired but I was desperate to see this movie on release day and uh, apparently got a extra shift foisted on me at work I was at Sobeys at the time uh, They, I basically closed everything as fast as I could and ran out the
0: door. <laughs> they were not happy with me I was not happy with them Mm-hmm. Totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, worth it. That's um, yeah, movie. excellent film, top to bottom. The one thing I'll say, I rewatched this recently because uh, I was going through. Uh, uh, we were just You've going been through been the watching Marvel. it with the
1: wife. Yeah, yeah. I've been
0: watching it with the with the fiance um, from the beginning. Uh, we just going through the Marvel Studios ones. I'm not forcing her to watch, you know, like all the X Men movies. Uh, mean, sure, sure. How far are you actually? Um, well, uh, we're I think we're up to. Th- the second Thor, so she's getting okay. close to the she's end. getting there, yeah. But, so, I rewatched Iron Man, and the first one is so good. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's really good. You know, um, it, uh, Robert Downey Jr., in, in, you know... Ooh, excuse me. If they were giving away uh, awards, like, like the NBA has a Comeback Player of the Year award, yep. <laughs> that would be... Robert Downey Jr. would have won that going away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the one thing I noticed, though, in that was... Like, you know what? Like, we, we get to the Dark Knight Rises later and the, you know, tons of plot holes that exist in the Dark Knight Rises. Uh-huh. But the thing that most people jump all over Batman's jock about the Dark Knight Rises is well, he, you know, he, Bane broke his back and then he was ready like a month later to fight and stuff. And like, Tony Stark has open heart surgery. <laughs> In the middle of a cave, like, yep. and is walking around. Five minutes later, building a makeshift Iron Man suit, and and like I'm just saying, you can't have it both ways. If you're gonna jump all over the Dark Knight Rises for the back thing, like if, if you have open heart surgery, like your legs don't work right away. Yep. Like like you, like you're you're bedridden for at least a month, and then people gotta push you around in a wheelchair, and and like, like I'm no doctor, but. Like you just don't like. <laughs> you just kind of shrugged have, it
1: off. Yeah, you,
0: like if you're gonna shrug off Iron Man, which we all did because it was a great movie, if you're gonna shrug off Iron Man having open heart surgery in the cave, you got to be able to shrug off the the Batman back problem in in Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. So, 2008 keeps going.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. Like a month and a half later, we got the uh, Ed Norton Hulk. Yeah,
0: Ed Norton Incredible Hulk. They redeemed the Incredible Hulk franchise from that steaming green pile of crap that. Ang Lee gave us in 2003, and we come right back with the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk, which I recently watched like a week ago. Mm -hmm. uh, Just top to bottom, an excellent movie. Um, You sound like you were upstairs
1: there for a second, and I was going to get a little angry. No, no, no. I have
0: this listed as a good movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like Ed Norton's great. The plotline, the way this movie is paced, is incredible. The fight scenes are great. Like when the way Tim Roth goes from like, you know, he's this soldier who's like this is what i can do right and mm-hmm. i'm i'm the best one of the best soldiers in the world but i'm nowhere near this hulk and then they give him the super soldier serum so he becomes like uh, kind of a mini captain america and then he but then he's like it's not enough so i gotta keep juicing myself up and he eventually turns himself into the abomination and they have the monster fight in the middle of harlem right yeah so good
1: but, well, and then we got the uh, scene at the end where they're basically with Tony Stark showing up, yeah. And we're like, oh shit, there's you know some sort of greater Marvel universe going on exactly. here, exactly. And
0: that's the thing that adds that to this is that they are now building a universe mm-hmm. and stuff like. And that was something that they got wrong back in like the 90s Batman era because in the 90s Batman era they would mention Superman, mm-hmm. like in Batman Forever. Uh, Val Kilmer goes like, you know, the circus must be halfway to Metropolis, and, and like, George Clooney at the and goes like, this is why Superman works alone, but they're not, like, you know, setting up a multiverse and stuff like that, so right, that yeah. we could eventually see Superman and Batman fight on the same side in the late 90s. Yeah, maybe. and there was
1: something like that, in uh, even Superman Returns when, uh, like, it's like, oh, Superman's back, and he's doing this stuff again, and someone's like, well, at least he's better than that freaking Gotham.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they did say that, that's true. Um, Unfortunately, 2008 wasn't all wasn't all, you know, Peach sunshine and rainbows, <laughs> and rainbows because we get the Punisher sequel, Punisher War Zone. Oh yeah, which I saw 10 minutes of and turned off and and that's as far as I'm going to go into it. Yep, cool. Not good. Not a good movie. We're going to move on. No. Um 2009. This is where it um
1: I mean, not a lot goes
0: on in 2009, but they, they make the really bad, capital B-A-D bad, X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. That's the one that... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like It was a slow year for movies. They Only, only two movies come out, one on each side. Marvel comes out with the X-Men Origins Wolverine, <laughs> where they show the part of Wolverine's origin that we don't even want to see and gloss over the parts that we do want to see in a two-minute montage at the beginning of the movie so right (laughs) yeah like i mean i guess they kind of did like you kind of wanted to see the weapon x stuff but i mean they didn't even do the really good weapon x stuff from the comic books where they're like fighting the you know where they're fighting omega red Mm -hmm. and and whatnot but like and that's a guy that's got to get into the movies as quickly as possible we (laughs) got to get the omega red character into some of these movies like for god's sake that's one of the best DC or sorry Marvel. That's one of the best Marvel villains, and we're now in like year. We're almost in year seven or eight of this of this gold age of movies, and we're yet to see Omega Red uh-huh. show up. Um, yeah, just not a good movie. They, they do like I would rather have seen like Wolverine fighting in like World War One and Two, as opposed to. Like fighting in war fighting in the wars, like the wars that were significant to the world, like World War One and Two and the Civil War, and you know, doing stuff as opposed to like here's kinda some of the Weapon X stuff, and then like the Adamantium bullet nonsense that we saw at the end. And right, yeah, yeah. Ryan Reynolds continues to be movie superhero poison. He ruined <laughs> Trinity and he ruins X-Men Origin yeah, Wolverine. And, we'll and get he's not to, done, because we'll, we'll get to him later. In 2011, I back, think. <laughs> he comes back for one more appearance. But, yeah, just everything about X-Men Origins Wolverine, terrible. Uh, DC came out with one, and this is the one that I mentioned. We mentioned it earlier, and a lot of people are going to be like, or not a lot of people, but like, you know, I say <laughs> out of the four people that listen to it, Three one person <laughs> is going to be upset that I I included Watchmen and didn't count, you know, any of the other kind of independent labels. Uh-huh. But 2009, Zack Snyder coming hot off of uh, the Dawn of the Dead, which was a really good movie. Cooling off a little with 300, a movie that I consider one of the worst pieces of crap I've ever seen. But for some reason, people liked.
1: Yeah, I never thought it would be as bored as I was during that movie.
0: In a movie that like features nothing but fight scenes. Yes, nothing it's literally all it is. But fight scenes and that people yelling at each other. Yeah, it's like if you were going to plot out the 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 like the significant pop, plot points in the movie Three Hundred. It's it's you know Gerard Butler's here, and then the guys show up, and then they fight. And then they sort of win at the end, like that's like that's like it's four. Plus, like if you're gonna do a mind map of it, there would be four points, and mm-hmm. like nobody makes any decisions in this. But, like it's it's just awful. Um, but anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about now about the Watchmen, which I have as a meh movie. What do you think?
1: uh yes, meh. Um, the good parts of it are very good. The bad parts of it are very bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's exactly exactly how I. I I perceived it and Zack Snyder had to make everything dark again like people harp on Chris Nolan for making things like kind of dark and gritty but at least he's doing it with a character that was dark and gritty like Mm -hmm. he took all the bright colors of the Watchmen because like if you read Watchmen it's one of the most important graphic novels of you know in, in comic book history and like it's constantly on the bestseller list all the time and it came out in like I think the year I was born like 1986 and it's you know like it, it, he did it justice I will say he did it justice like that the, the thing he he got really good like correct that he added to the movie that wasn't in the in the comic was that like um opening title sequence where right explaining yeah. all the background characters of the the ancillary um oh, and, films and, that and, came before and the Washington. soundtrack was fantastic too <laughs> yes the soundtrack was fantastic but like that opening uh montage that he did with um where it shows like stuff that we we now know, like the the photo in Times Square of the sailor and, and the woman, right, like, yeah. Mixed with like the Watchmen characters and stuff, where he was like adapting that world to our world. Mm-hmm.
1: It Should was really interesting. Have... I think that might
0: be my favorite part of that movie. It was it, yeah, that sequence. was that was excellent. Not to say that that movie peaked mm-hmm. five minutes in, but it, it kind of did.
1: Uh,
0: and, uh... Well, I
1: I don't know. Like I said, I, I think that the uh, and you know. Not to sound like a misogynist, but all of the men do good performances in that movie, and I think the women are generally phoning it in.
0: Well, like, it's I it's a good
1: Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian is incredible.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not a fan, and I never have been a fan of uh, the Malin Ackerman. Yeah, like well, I think she, that's the me, only thing I've seen her in. Frankly, she to me is the most replaceable actor you could see. Like she's basically blonde. Like that's her her whole. Like she can't act. She's not very. Good, mm-hmm. um, Carla Gugino I thought was excellent in that movie though. Like, uh, she's excellent in everything. Right, I don't understand yeah. why she she's, doesn't she's have a decent. bigger career. Um, but like she's excellent in everything. She was but, the like, first El Specter, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. she was in. I don't know. She's never found her her niche because like you see her in movies and she's good. She was in Sin City, right? She. Yep. Uh, was in the Marv sequence. Yeah. You saw her on like entourage and, and other I was going to say, like yeah, entourage is the thing that I recognize her from. Yeah. She's in fair, like, I don't know. Like uh, we'll go through Carla Gugina's IMDb on another podcast and, and break down. Her career. <laughs> oh, good. Stay tuned. Um, uh, so yeah, I just have Watchmen as a map. The goods were good. The bads were bad.
1: Yeah. Like I liked it, but I haven't
0: watched it again. I saw it in theater and haven't gone back. Yeah. So 2010, We take kind of a step back. Um, Capital B A D Bad, the Jonah Hex movie.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about
0: that. One of my favorite Marvel characters of all time. DC. One of the most. Or, sorry, yeah, you're right, DC. I apologize. (laughs) I don't want to saddle Marvel with the awful Jonah Hex movie. Um, But one of the best DC characters, uh, one of the more underrated DC characters of all time is Jonah Hex. I love whenever they do plots. You know, I mean, they mainly use him for like. The Justice time League's travel. going back of time. Yep. <laughs> they meet Jonah Hex, but like, like, but even just on his own comic, because I've always loved the old, um, uh, just old West. Like I've always been a fan of spaghetti westerns and stuff like that. So Jonah Hex has a special place for me. But this movie is a god awful pile of crap. I will allow you to say the same thing, and we will move on.
1: <laughs> agreed. Let's go.
0: All right. So the next movie in 2010, um, Iron Man Two. Right, yeah. I was going to say, I think
1: Captain America,
0: but no, I think no. Captain Iron America man 2 is beforehand. No, we're not there next. Um, Iron Man 2 comes out in 2010. Uh, I have it as a bad movie. As I'm saying it, though, I'm rethinking I want to move it to the meh category, but I want to put like on like a low meh. Yeah, okay. Actually, I, I, you know what, now that I talk myself into it, no, this is a bad movie.
1: I was going to say I'd say it's closer to mad than bad but
0: yeah it's like because I rewatched it again with the fiance the other day Mm -hmm. it's got a couple of cool Iron Man sequences in it Mm -hmm. but that's pretty much it like Mickey Rourke is okay as Ivan Venko but like I'll tell you when I initially saw the trailer because they they showed the trailer for this um, it showed him with like those electric whip things oh like on the racetrack and he had the Russian accent, and I thought it was Omega Red. So when Iron Man 2, when oh. I first saw the trailer for Iron Man 2, I was super juiced coming off the hype of the first one. And now all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, Iron Man's going to fight Omega Red. This is going to be awesome. And then I <laughs> looked it up and I was like, Anton Venko. And I was like, oh God, are you kidding me? And then, so I was immediately disappointed, but went into Iron Man 2 with high hopes. But, um,. It's not a great film. Like it's not Capital B A D bad, but it's not a good film. And I think at the time a lot of people just kinda talk convinced themselves it was a good movie because it was Iron Man again.
1: Uh I like that the larger universe came into it. That's where I'm coming up from that to bad. Like we got to see more of Shield. I got to see more people that worked for him, Colson had a bigger part. Um Yes. Uh and Sam Jackson was in something besides just an end credit sequence. Uh, yes very true so that's where the movie turns around for me um mm-hmm. but the second act basically leading up to that where tony's like you know having a party at his place in the suit and is like you know urinating in public and is hanging out with a donut shop and stuff like that i'm like what is happening with this movie
0: yeah and what's was really slow too like when you watch that like, like you're yeah like that it really just drags slow.
1: on it does so it's yeah. got a it's got a decent opening. Um, like I like the scenes of him when he's in Congress and he's you know going up against uh, what's his face Gary shandler That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, which later turns out to be a deeper plot point, which even makes it better in retrospect. Actually, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I like the first act, the second act. It was just like, what happened to this movie? Yeah, and then the third act, this. I think it came back.
0: I was going to say, we should preface this whole thing with a big spoiler alert at the beginning, but uh, (laughs) too late. Um, I don't know. I feel like
1: if it's it's more than two years ago, it's your own fault. Yeah, and if if you haven't seen these movies by now. I mean, we said we were um, talking about Marvel movies and
0: DC movies. Yeah, if you haven't seen these movies by now, shame on you. Um, and, unless you've seen Catwoman, in which case, double shame on you. Yeah,
1: so don't um, let your fiancé listen to anything in the last, like, 15 minutes of this podcast. True, yeah.
0: <laughs> she were getting up to the stuff that she's she hasn't seen yet. Um, yeah, so I just have Iron Man 2. Just not great. Um, not great, not but, like, terrible. It drank, but... but, like, not great, not terrible, but I just, I have it as a bad movie. It, honestly, it just wasn't good. Like, I wanted more Iron
1: that's completely biggest. fair. No, I, I won't yeah. disagree with people who think it's bad. I don't think it's
0: awful, but it is what it is. So we get out of 2010 and we move into 2011. 2011, like, I'm going to maintain that uh, 2008, I think I said earlier, yeah, was the your, greatest. Your
1: renaissance year. <laughs> yeah, was
0: the greatest movie, uh, movie year of all time. Um, 2011 is going to be the argument. If you're going to argue which year was better for comic book movies, hmm. um, 2011 is certainly Marvel's best because, like, the thing that drags down 2008 is their Punisher uh, Punisher movie. Okay, yeah. but 2009 or, or 2011, they come out with three. Movies that are just watchable and excellent. We'll get into the individual. The first one is X Men: First Class as they reboot oh, the right. oh. X Men universe off I, of that terrible Brian Singer or not Brian Singer Brett Ratner nonsense x three. Uh,
1: with a few minor points, I think that this it's it. Depending on what day you ask me, I think maybe a third of the time this is my favorite X Men movie.
0: Yeah, I haven't. Probably is my favorite one. It's it's a great film. Everything they do, like, like they do all the, all the campy stuff, like, when they're, you know, recruiting. The, oh,
1: yeah, the, the montage. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: when they're doing the montage and they're recruiting, like, they get everything right. They get the seriousness of the stuff right in this movie, like, the opening scene with uh, Kevin Bacon. And any movie where they make Kevin Bacon, like, like, you know why you know this is a good movie? You watch this movie and you go, Kevin Bacon is excellent. Why didn't he have a bigger movie career? Right? <laughs> and, like, uh, like, Kevin Bacon was excellent. They had, like, they got everything right to, like, down to the like the, the hard gritty stuff, like when he was in the internment camp in World War II, and Kevin Bacon like shot his mom. Right. Yeah. They got the the like they got the serious stuff. They got the silly stuff right with yeah. With, when all the know, kids are hanging out and just kids are hanging <laughs> out, yeah, destroying stuff and like the montage of like them trying to control their powers mm-hmm. and, and you know the they, the end sequence was was excellent and so many really good visual stuff done with the camera and. Just And they actually put them in like the X-Men-looking outfits at the end of the movies, yep. which we all enjoy. Uh,
1: and to this day, uh, in my opinion, the best use of the 1F bomb that you're allowed in a PG-13 movie. Exactly,
0: with that Hugh Jackman, <laughs> probably Hugh Jackman's greatest performance is Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just that on one screen scene. for four seconds. Yeah, so good. Um, Marvel comes correct in 2011 with... X-Men First Class, and they followed up with the first Captain America movie, Mm -hmm. which I have in the good category. So do I. But when I rewatched it with uh, the fiancé the other day, I might downgrade it to a meh. Oh, yeah? I thought about downgrading it to a meh. What changed your mind? I changed my mind, and I went back to calling it a good movie for one specific reason, because they proved in this movie that you can have a Boy Scout in 2000 and nowadays in 2011 like like after 2010, 2011 even up to 2015 now mm-hmm. the Captain America character is still in movies, Chris yep. Evans. They prove that you can do a Boy Scout character you don't have to do like an anti-hero character where Wolverine well, is you're you know, all like,
1: dark and pretty and you're yeah, violent and... Where, he's, where he's like I'm a good guy
0: but I'm violent and I'll do stuff and I don't necessarily <laughs> hang out with the team or like you know Batman does that too a little bit right? Mm-hmm. But you can have a guy who says silly crap, like, like, one of the lines in the Avengers is, uh, like... I understood uh, that reference. <laughs> like, Chris, yeah, like, well, no, Chris Revin, Chris Evans goes, like, turns to fight Loki, and someone goes, you'll be fighting a god, and he goes, there's only one god, ma'am, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> and, like, and you can have him say lame crap, like, you know, let's make the world safe for democracy, and and. Mm-hmm. This, And, like, they prove that you can do, you can have a Boy Scout character, and everything they got right with Captain America is everything that DC has gotten wrong every time they try to do a Superman movie, where they put no joy into that character, and they prove that you can have a character.
1: This was joyful. this was the Superman movie that I wanted basically. Uh plus it's a good period piece. Like the, yeah. the cinematography and visual design makes it feel like it's out a, of a, a pulp comic from the 40s. It it feels like a Captain America movie.
0: Yeah, they see they do that in movies nowadays where anytime they do period pieces, um they do that like steampunk kind of a thing where everything looks awesome. Like they did that in the Sherlock Holmes movies <clears throat> with Robert Downey Jr. Where, right, like, yeah. Everything looks awesome, and you're like, "Why wouldn't I want to go back to this time?" You know, and and, oh yeah,
1: (laughs) tuberculosis. Exactly, right? But (laughs) all the things that I might catch.
0: Exactly, and it's just so many (laughs) weird things. Like they do that in movies, but in real life, if you went back to the 1800s, it would suck, right? Mm -hmm. Oh man, and so Captain America. There's
1: a lot of fun performances in that. It's a good Tommy Lee Jones movie, actually. Yeah, he's,
0: he's good in that too. I, and honestly, I, do, I think if he wasn't good in Captain America, he probably wouldn't have gotten in Lincoln. That's a I'm good gonna point. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh-huh. I'm just going to throw that uh, out there. That might I, be fair. If he doesn't do Captain America, because think about what he was doing. He was doing the Men in Black movies before that. And sure. Was, yeah. But uh, Captain America, uh, actually Tommy Lee Jones, I that I think about it, was in three comic book movie franchises. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Um, So X Men First Class, Captain America, Marvel's not done yet in two thousand eleven because they come back with one more and it's the Thor movie. Thor. They come out with Thor, which I have listed as a as a meh movie. I but a a strong meh. I had it originally. I had it
1: originally, like when I saw it in theaters. Um, well, I mean, I, when I saw it in theaters, I had, you know, I was riding that adrenaline wave, and I liked it a lot. Uh, thinking about it a bit more, I downgraded it pretty quickly too bad. Really? I have come up since to a meh, leaning towards good.
0: Yeah, like, it's it's a rewatch one. Like, I mean, Thor is not one of my favorite comics of all time. Nor mine. Like, he's, he's the least relatable. <laughs> <Super>. <laughs> yeah, like, he's obviously the least relatable because he's a, He's a bratty space god, but mm-hmm. um, uh, like they they and Who's also, also like I've him? never I've never been huge into Norris mythology though. Out of all the out of all the, uh, the you know like Egyptian and Greek, you know, I, I lean more towards the Greek mythology. Which is I why. see, I,
1: I do lean more towards Norris actually,
0: yeah, yeah which mm-hmm. is interesting. But like I lean more towards Greek, which is why I'm you know like a big Wonder Woman fan. Oh sure, why not? But uh, I I like this Thor movie. Like it's it was just kind of like you know you could you could put it on and. Anybody at any age level could watch that movie and be entertained by it and uh you know, it has its ups and downs and they connected the uh the plot line into the uh into the infinity gems and whatnot. And plus you got to see uh Tom uh Oh god was Middleston. Middleston, thank you. Uh who just owned that movie as Thor. Or, did, or as yeah. Loki,
1: sorry. And we got uh more sassy Colson. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um the thing that I like a lot about that movie especially and and I point this out to people who don't I don't know maybe maybe the average person doesn't notice it. But I noticed it in the in rewatches and maybe I even noticed it in the theater because it was super weird watching in 3D. Um but at the beginning of Act 2 basically once he gets expelled from Asgard and he like crash lands on Earth, there's all these scenes like uh in the hospital um at the at the laboratory that Natalie Portman works at. Um, and at the shield base out in the desert, where like the camera angles are weird, like they're they're like tilted like 30 degrees or they're shot from like these like worm's eye view sort of angles. Doing
0: Dutch tilts and stuff.
1: Yeah, like it, it's very disorienting and I think that's to show that like these are unfamiliar circumstances for Thor. like he is now on an alien world. Mm-hmm. And so everything should feel very foreign and strange to him. Like the colors are contrasted strangely. And like, there's a lot of like cyan and yellows and weird camera angles. Like it's, I think it's supposed to give you this feeling like something isn't right here and I don't belong here, <laughs> but about yeah. earth of all things. It's interesting. Right. I don't know if that's one man's opinion. <laughs> no, I, I just,
0: yeah, I think, I think you summed it up nicely there. Um And unfortunately we got to get under the dregs of 2011, uh-huh. the one bad film, DC comes out, Ryan Reynolds, making a third appearance, uh-huh. and arguably, you, you would have you would have thought he couldn't do worse than Blade Trinity, you would have been wrong, <laughs> because he came out as the worst Deadpool of all time in X-Men Origins Wolverine, and you thought it couldn't possibly get <laughs> any lower. How could it? <laughs> but by God, it did, with the Green Lantern movie in 2011. It's just... The, the only good thing about this movie is the people who did the, the CG. Actually, you know what? The CG wasn't even good because the costume looked terrible, so I take it back. Everything was <laughs> terrible about this film. I was going to big up the, the guys who did the computer for it, but uh, the one good thing of this movie, and it only works for ultra nerds like you and me, is they had the Amanda Wallach character.
1: They did, yeah. And not, they didn't, not they they didn't my do favorite use of yet, her, but, exactly. Yeah. Like so, I was like, "Oh, cool! There's a name I recognize," but it doesn't matter because they're not going to make a franchise yeah. with this.
0: So yeah, and like the hilarious part was like Sinestro at the end for no reason puts on the yellow ring and then morphs into you know yellow core Sinestro yeah. and they're like we're going to get a sequel it's for like, literally oh, no reason. <laughs> oh, Terrible probably. movie. Let's move on. Uh, so, 2011 arguably the greatest, one of the greater years of comic book movies. Uh, 2012 uh, not. Bad. Uh, Avengers comes out. Like all these, uh, 2008 to 2004, we go on a journey of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six movies mm-hmm. to get to the Avengers, like, where we built up characters, we introduced bad guys, all to get to this moment, which is the Avengers 2012. Great film. I like it a lot. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I have one pet peeve with it that someone pointed out to me, and I notice it every time now. I don't know if I want to poison you. <laughs> no, I'll go right ahead. Uh, take a shot every time someone says, what's your play, or that's his play, or something about a play, as in like this is his plan or his scheme. They okay. say it so often in that movie.
0: Interesting. Well, I'll have to pay attention to that next time. I, 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 <laughs> but, I, like, I watched it last week. The whole mm-hmm. point of last week, like, uh, the, the fiancé and I were binge-watching everything. The Mm -hmm. whole point was, like, if I can just get her to the Avengers.
1: Yeah. It's a lock.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a lock. And we did. And just the sequence with... I mean, like, this movie has plot holes, obviously. Oh, sure. uh, Like, the Hulk. Like, every movie has plot holes. But, like, the the biggest one in this one is Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk being able to control his powers at a pretty convenient point in the movie. Yeah, sure. You're willing to forgive it because the... It would have been cool if he had that ability 20 minutes ago when he was beating the shit out of Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) Exactly. But, like, you forgive all that nonsense because the sequence of him punching that giant snake monster. Well, everything at at that point. it's,
1: It's exactly why I want a Superman movie where he's allowed to punch his enemies. Yeah. It's because it, it it feels awesome and like he does it when he, you know, picks up Loki by the ankle in the middle of him grandstanding and just pummels him into the floor time after time. And then like the the scene where he I don't know, he's I think they're in a train station, a grand central station or something like that with Thor and they have like this, Yeah, we just beat the bad guy moment, and they just punch us Thor for no reason. Yeah, that was good. And you're like, oh, Okay. But uh no, everyone like despite it being an ensemble cast at that point and uh, you know, Tony Stark still being the the one that you're probably paying most attention to, everyone's got a good character arc in it for the most part. Mm-hmm. For
0: Except the most for...
1: part. Because not like, I don't think like, uh, not, um what's her name? Not Scarlett Johansson so much. But yeah. uh, we get that in uh, Cap 2.
0: Um, yeah, so Avengers, I think we're both going to call that a good movie. Call it a good, absolutely. It's uh, now... my favorite Tony Stark Moving? Yeah, we're getting back to the capital B A D bad. Um, mm. Because I don't, for the life of me, could never figure out why this is a real movie. Um Ghost Rider two. Nick right. Cage is back. Nick Cage to that. Is back <laughs> for a second ride as the Ghost Rider. I just a second ride. I keep. I, I full disclosure. I haven't seen this one. No, me neither. I, I think this is <laughs> the only movie. This is the only movie on this particular list that I have not seen at least like a half hour of, other than... Actually, it's this and Punisher Warzone. Those are the only ones where I couldn't get through more than Mm -hmm. 15 minutes of it. Um, (laughs) Moving right along. Yeah, moving right along. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man. They reboot the Spider-Man universe. Mm -hmm. uh, And they decide to do a kind of hipster reboot with the Amazing Spider-Man starring... Andrew Garfield Um, not good (laughs) I have it as a bad movie yeah uh, no (laughs) like the CG on the lizard was kind of cool but like everything that goes on in the movie is bad and I submit to you Mm -hmm. because they're going to reboot Spider-Man a third time they are I why can't we have a movie and I've been saying this for a long time why do we even need to do the Peter Parker origin seeing him get bit by the spider, like nobody cares. Man. Well, and just
1: for that reason I think it would be wise to not go down the Peter Parker route a third time.
0: Yeah, like like do the Miles Morales, but even even that, like even if you're gonna do the Peter Parker, like you know what you do? You hire a voice actor or somebody like to just do Peter Parker's voice and just say, Listen, we're gonna pay you a you know, we're gonna pay you an S load of dimes to just voice Spider-Man and we're going to do a movie where he's in the costume the whole time because nobody cares about the great power, great responsibility. You just, you just want to see Spider-Man swinging from building to building because that's the coolest thing about Spider-Man. He doesn't fly through the buildings. He swings and, yep. and it's like... You want to watch him web stuff. And... Well,
1: and and as we saw from, like, the Toby Maguire, like, it's really interesting to show those shots where you can have the camera, like, swooping around to follow him so we get these really awesome shots. Yeah. And if well, it's entirely
0: CG, I mean, it looked convincing. It was awesome. It yeah, gave like, you the sense of flying. To the best sequence to me in all of the Spider-Man movies was the part when, in Spider-Man 2, when Doc Ock does, like, the train runaway. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man, like, because he's not Superman, right? Like, Superman could yeah. just, you know... You know, and put the his try. hands in, yeah. in, the, in the stupid, you know, in the thing and use his strength to push it. But And Spider-Man actually tries to do that. And he's like, well, this isn't going to work. Got to think of something else. And then he starts webbing the buildings. and stuff. Oh, man, that was a really good sequence because yep. it showed that, like, Hey, Spider Man's strong, but he's not Superman, so he's got to you know figure crap out in order to save. Well, yeah, and at
1: that point, it's more of a mm-hmm. it's more of the Peter Parker that we enjoyed watching the animated series too, where you know he is Spider Man and he's got these powers, but he's also a scientist and a genius, and he's got to think of a way out of this
0: fast. That animated series is still not on DVD yet. That's surprising, actually. They, they they have some of it on DVD. Like I think you can get like all the Doc Ock episodes on. Like, oh, the Doc I see. Ock <laughs>
1: like that stuff, like SNL style.
0: Yeah, but there's no like season one, season two, or complete hmm. Spider-Man '90s anime series for whatever reason. They got X Men out, yeah. Yeah, X Men is all out. Uh, all of the Batman and Superman, most of the DC of stuff is all out, obviously. But uh, for favorite. some reason, that '90s yeah. uh, Spider-Man isn't.
1: Yeah, you know this, and uh, I'm just going to say it for the podcast. Uh, the, my favorite version of Batman or my most DC canon is the animated series. Uh,
0: mine too. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, 2012 finishes off with Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Chris Nolan finishes off his Batman trilogy. <laughs> this is a movie that heavily. For you. Yeah, for you. Batman. Heavily, Heavily debated on the internet about whether or not it's good. The people that hate it hate it, and the people that love it love it. I am a, I am a Dark Knight Rises defender. I'll go on the record saying that I have it in the good category, and I am willing to understand that. Um, there are you could drive trucks through the plot holes in, in this particular movie, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I fo- I focused on the good in this one, and. Talia Al Ghul, a character that I would never dream—one of my favorite in the Batman femme fatales mm-hmm. of the comic books—is in it. Bane breaks the bat in this in a sequence that is much better than him going. Wah! Yeah, and just howling. Batman and Robin, and um, like I'm aware of the of, of the plot holes. Like you know, they take his money and throw him in this hole, and he escapes the hole and gets back. But uh, like. Yeah, I just choose to focus on the good one this one, and that is Tom Hardy is excellent. Uh-huh. He did some cool stuff, and and it, the thing I'll defend is Chris Nolan, of all people, the guy who did like the darkest version of Batman of all time, is still the only guy in the history of the Batman character, be it comics, TV, animated, or movies, is the only guy who ever gave Batman a happy ending.
1: Yeah, true. I also like that a majority of this movie took place in the daytime.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he was fighting Bane in the snow at the end of the movie. Uh, us, exactly,
1: right? they fighting snow on the streets and in like broad daylight, and it's like, okay, I mean, obviously things are a bit less cloak and dagger this time around. You've got a widely publicized uh, takeover of a fairly major city, but uh, it was just an interesting choice uh, going forward, I thought. Yeah. Um, i don't know I, I i'm landing on the mess side of things too i don't know if i could call it a good movie the stuff with uh joseph gordon levitt's character um i don't know it bothered me that like so many people knew who batman was just at the beginning of that movie
0: yeah that's that's the one thing i can't defend or it's like to... hey we all figured it out <laughs> Somehow. yeah joseph gordon levitt's character going like hey i knew when you were a kid because you looked at me that one time and when you came to visit the orphanage, and I knew you were Batman. Well, yeah, huh? and
1: so I'm like, cool, the only way they can redeem this is by at the end of the movie when he's revealing his name. It's like, oh, it was Tim Drake. <laughs> yeah. He's then I'd the, I'd be cool with it. Yeah, he was essentially
0: the Tim Drake character, because uh, for those of you who don't know, the Tim Drake was the third Robin who figures out, you know, basically, you know, digs a little deep, does a little research, figures out, hey, Batman's probably Bruce Wayne. Yeah, the
1: one who will be the greatest, the world's greatest detective of the next
0: generation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, like I kind of defend The Dark Knight Rises because um, they had instances of my two favorite um, comic plots of all time, and that was the Nightfall saga where they yep. broke Batman's back, uh-huh. which we got to see in that movie. And, I was
1: waiting for it I'm like there's,
0: they can't not do it no, <laughs> or something and, that's at least a call to it and yeah and then he did it and I was like and when he did it when he actually took Batman over his knee into that line where he's like you know I'll break your spirit or your body and then you know <laughs> breaks him I was like okay the rest of this movie like the the rest of this movie Chris Nolan could have yeah. had you know, it is Christian a wash Kale. yeah 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 like christian bale could have been like like it could have been just clips of christian bale yelling at people on the transform or on the terminator set and i would have been fine with it and And now we cut to terminator salvation yeah oh uh, god for you yeah just so bad (laughs) (laughs) that clip is still hilarious i I still quote (laughs) it almost eight years later still good um And then the other thing was they did the, the no man's land uh, saga. Right. Uh, if you've never read it, no man's land is a Batman saga that took place over the entire year across every medium that wrote Batman. And at the time there were about like 30, 13 or 14 different, um, labels that were repping the Batman logo for DC. Like there was Batman brave and the bold. There was, uh, Mm -hmm. just Batman. There was, uh, Batman returns, you know, they, they huntress uh, involved in it. Um, Oh, was that one the multi-series uh, yeah.
1: crossover?
0: Multi-series crossover. Azrael was in it, and basically, what had happened was there was an earthquake that trapped Gotham and created the the no man's land, and so certain sections of Gotham were taken over by uh, all the you know villains, all the all the mm-hmm. Batman's villains, like you know Poison Ivy ran one district, and the Penguin ran another district, and and Batman was kind of despairing, like the Gotham police. Is really good. This is probably, the No Man's Land saga is probably the Gotham Police at their finest in Jim Gordon in the comics for me. Hmm. And when they did That's that... That's something
1: I could really get into,
0: actually. Yeah, and when they kind of did that in the movies, I was just kind of like, oh, man, he's doing the No Man's Land thing. This is really cool. And so I guess I kind of, my fanboyism kind of comes out on on The Dark Knight Rises, which is a movie that is... If
1: your yeah. fanboyism can't come out in a superhero movie, then yeah. then there's no point.
0: It's true. But like, like I people, feel like you're
1: allowed to be biased about these
0: sort of things. Yeah, so I kind of kept my biases out of most of these, but Dark Knight Rises is one that I'll, I'll defend. Um. So yeah, that was it for 2012. Moving along, 2013... Mm, eh, not a strong year for the comic book well, movies. It even was 2013... Iron Man Three, right? Yeah, which is not a good film. Terrible. I... It's it's not even really an Iron Man film. Like it, if you watch Screen Junkies did the mm-hmm. honest trailers for this, and they their you know tagline for it was like, you know, Tony Stark is regular man in Iron Man Three, and because like he never wears the suit in this movie,
1: mm-hmm. and for more than like eight seconds before it gets torn apart.
0: Yeah, and it like breaks down, and like he you know he he puts on like seven different Iron Man outfits in this one and the thing that pissed me off the most is one of the worst M. Night Shyamalan style twists of all time was the Ben Kingsley who was oh, slaying yeah. it as the Mandarin for the first half of the film and then they turn him into a joke when they say oh he's not really the Mandarin and, literally a joke yeah and it was oh god just awful film Um, and and actually like you can take Iron Man 3 completely out of the continuity of the because nothing occurs in that movie that um I, like it was just the studio i think trying to get one last uh paycheck off the iron man it cover it
1: makes the series seem so much smaller because mm. um like there's all this stuff going on with like the president and air force one and yada, yada yada and you're like where is captain america or shield during any of this
0: <laughs> yeah it just it wasn't very good and marvel did not follow it up very nicely with the wolverine the, the the Japan one the Japan one yeah which to, uh, like I'll I'll submit to you the only good part of that movie was the fact that it took place in Japan I refuse like, to see that movie yeah I <laughs> haven't seen that one no D- yeah I, I will I will I not see no, it it's terrible and, one, and again one of the best villains and underrated villains that they have is the Silver Samurai and they make him basically a mech suit at the end of the movie. It yeah, it wasn't good. It was terrible. Isn't that what but they did they, in the uh, Ninja Turtles reboot? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah, just awful. I haven't seen the Ninja Turtles reboot yet, but yeah, I, I heard that they they completely changed it on the fly because people were ticked about that the that one white dude was was going to be the shredder or something mm-hmm. like that. So they they fixed it on the fly. Um. Yeah, the Wolverine's not a good movie. Um the best part of it is the PS scene at the end. Like, and like, like, and like okay. the Silver Samurai like steals Wolverine's like adamantium so technically in the continuity of the X-Men movies, Wolverine doesn't even have an adamantium skeleton anymore. Huh. It it didn't come into play in X-Men The Last Stand because, or not The Last Stand in Days of Future Past because they were time traveling but uh, yeah. we'll get to that eventually. But the only good part of the Wolverine was that they had another PS scene that was really good um, where uh, Logan runs into Professor X and Magneto again, and they're like, "We got to go back in time and you know fix oh, the past." Interesting. What's essentially the setup? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have the Wolverine is bad. I have Iron Man three is bad, and you damn well better believe that I have the Man of Steel as a bad movie.
1: I, I, uh, I haven't seen the Man of Steel. I am morbidly curious, but Superman is my favorite superhero. And I don't like what they're doing to him in almost
0: every medium. (laughs) And they get nothing right in this movie as far as trying to capture that character. Because basically, in this one, Superman lets his dad... Like, do you want to see this movie or can I spoil it for you right now? (sighs) I know a lot of the spoilers already, so feel free. (laughs) Superman lets his dad die. Like, Kevin Costner plays Pa Kent in this one. Mm -hmm. Pa Kent. And, and like, one of the main factors of the Superman character is the fact that Ma and Pa Kent are the people, the two people who find him. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, they find Superman and they raise him and they raise him to be a good person and they raise and they say if you're going to use your powers you make sure you use them for good because you know we we raised you in this small town in kansas yeah where we teach you you know good down home uh you know good old fashioned american values exactly and if he had landed anywhere else except in the you know farm of those two people god only knows what would have happened and you know dc's done tons of you know versions where superman lands elsewhere and, and crap goes wrong and mm-hmm. I some are very my, interesting. Yeah, and some are very interesting, and I enjoy a lot of those plots. Mm. But as a what it, if, not as something I want to see disturbed on the big screen. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, so, Kevin Costner's version of Pot Kent is very. existential. <laughs> yeah, and it's basically like you've got to hide your powers. If you hide your powers, you know, because people will come after you and. You'll be able to, you know, they'll be able to stop you and who knows what'll happen if, if they figure out what you can do. And it, like, Oh my God. Like just terrible. And to the point where like, like a tornado hits in the movie and then he's about to like pockets about to die. Uh-huh. And Superman who could easily save him because he's freaking Superman.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Kevin Costner is screaming at him, you know, don't do it. Don't save me. <laughs> hide. Don't, don't be special. Hide your powers. And it was just, Oh God. And, It's like, really? This is the hill you want to die on? Yeah, and it was terrible. And, you know, the fight with Zod and the stuff was not good. They end up destroying all... Like, like Superman pretty much... Like, if Superman let Zod take over Earth, they probably would have killed fewer people than Superman did while fighting Zod in Metropolis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, like Like, it was... Just not good. And then, like, I'm sure you know that he, like, snaps Zod's neck at the end, which, yeah. you know, they're like, he's like, it's the only way, and it's like, no, it's not. No, <laughs> it's like there are had, a lot of other ways. Yeah, <laughs> there were tons of other ways you could have stopped him. Uh, not Not good. thinking hard enough. Uh, it
1: hurts me. Yeah, Zack Snyder, as Zack Snyder movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and he took the color and the joy away from that character, and just, so bad. And which is why I have no faith in Zack Snyder to get the Batman Superman one. By. I am so,
1: so skeptical of that. Like, yeah. I don't like knowing that that's happening. I actually would prefer that that movie wouldn't happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, not good. <laughs> I just, I can't even like, my, my, like we've been going for almost two hours now. So like my brain <laughs> is a little burned. I can't come up with anything better than man of steel was not good. I will say the one thing they got right in this character, or but not in this movie was, the Lois Lane character figures out that Clark oh, Kent yeah. is superman pretty mm-hmm. much right away, which they're doing that a lot more. a long time like, coming. Yeah, they do that in the new 52 as well, where, like, Lois Lane kind of figures it out, because there's no reason that Lois Lane, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, mm-hmm. can't figure out the difference between Clark Kent and... <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so, yeah, and, that, and that's a product of, you know dudes in the 30s and 40s who are just like, you know, <laughs> Lois Lane isn't smart enough to figure out who Superman is because, eh, she's a woman, you know, and, and like, <laughs> well, women are stupid, and let's, yeah. like, uh, it's just, you know, like, that's a product of an, of, a, of, a, of an era that is just no longer the case. Mm-hmm. But anyway, moving on, actually, the last movie of 2013, the one the fiancé and I are on, and I don't know how I'm going to sit through the whole thing. Thor The Dark World is the lower sequel. <laughs> yeah. The one where evil Legolas tries to attack the world with the color black. <laughs> That's how I sum up this. That's how I sum up that movie. Weird movie. Yeah. Evil, evil Legolas tries to attack everybody with the color black. There's some
1: love triangles in there for some reason. Yeah, and like
0: they and that entire movie, the, the one thing I noticed that, that that entire movie is that they had to put Cat Dennings in giant coats uh-huh. constantly. Like she's always wearing like giant frumpy clothes. Like she she has sweaters and she she's basically wearing like four layers, uh-huh. regardless of situation. Now a lot of the movies set in in London, England, where it's constantly raining, so right you can kind of explain that away. But it's like clearly they were like. We can't have Kat Denning's giant cans distracting in these scenes where we want to have Natalie Portman acting seriously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, guys, get her a coat. <laughs> right? so. yeah. Oh, it was bad. But uh, the only good, I mean, a couple cool Loki Thor sequences in this one. Yep.
1: Yeah. And uh, Loki sequences in general. Because even, like, him freaking out after finding out that his mom died is a fairly sympathetic moment for him.
0: And probably the best moment in the entire. I, probably my favorite moment in the entire movie because, uh, you know, it shows the gravitas of, the, of those characters.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the, I think the best thing to come out of this movie is the uh, the same time Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode tie-in that they did. That was a pretty decent episode. Oh, I didn't see that. Tell me about that. Um, it doesn't tie in a whole lot. Basically, what's happening is it's like, oh, here's the aftermath of what's happening, and so the team, like the crew of the the cast of the TV show... They go to London in the aftermath of this enemy ship basically exploding after Thor has saved the day. Um, and they're, like, collecting, like, it's going through the wreckage and trying to see, you know, oh, this is an alien artifact, you know, put it in the box, we're going to take it back to base sort of thing. You know, make sure it doesn't fall into the wrong hands, sort of like what happened after the events of New York. Um, because that whole show is a lot of, you know, aftermath of these bigger things that are happening. Um, good show, by the way. Uh, I would recommend it. it. Watch a whole season at a time. I wouldn't recommend doing it weekly. Um, but the plot of this one is basically, it's kind of like an epilogue side story. Uh, so it has really nothing to do with Thor, but it has to do with Asgardians. What they find is that there's these, um, artifacts that were brought, uh, to Earth during some of the ancient wars that basically is how Earth Norse people found out about Asgard and came to worship them as gods Uh, so there's this berserker staff and uh, there's this legend about this warrior who came to earth and fell in love with you know, with earth um, and uh, decided to stay and so gave up his power by breaking his berserker staff into three pieces and hiding it and you know a couple hundred years after that he was drunk and talking to somebody and basically told the legend about it and it became like this poem that was handed down and ruined after generations. So everyone there's some there's like this Norse terrorist group in the present day who was trying to decipher this poem to find the pieces of the Berserker staff, which they believe is real, so that they can gain power and kind of, you know, anarchy in the in the Nordic countries. So it's really interesting. It's uh this each piece of the staff could basically Taps into the darkest, angriest part of your psyche and releases all this pent up frustration, and you just become super strong as long as you're holding it. And they're trying to assemble all three pieces to for like you know ultimate strength. It's
0: it's pretty interesting. That actually sounds pretty cool. And based off of that description, I am going to start watching Marvel Asians of Shield now because I have not yet done that.
1: Watch it. The the first season's good, especially in the in the last few episodes, which are the aftermath of Cap two.
0: Sounds good. Um, I have Thor: The Dark World as a bad movie.
1: Mm-hmm, as do I. Yeah, it's, there, it's got a couple redeeming factors,
0: but not enough to bring it up to a meh. Yeah, like the, like the, I, the couple good Loki scenes and the sequence where the. Uh, dark elf people first attack, like when they, they get themselves captured and escape the prison and attack <laughs> Asgard, that's, that movie peaks with that after that. it's.
1: it's I, I will a give, I, I, I don't know if I was supposed to laugh during this part. I don't think it's necessarily great to have comedy in your uh, final battle sequence, but, you know, maybe we'll discuss that when we get to Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, <laughs> but uh, the scene where they're basically shifting from one realm to another because of the magic of the ether or whatever it was and the hammer keeps redirecting itself and like flying out into space and stuff, I thought that was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, the, the, that was a pretty cool sequence, and it allowed this—you know—the guys with the CG to get a little, have a little, fun yeah, absolutely. Get, get a little nutty. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah, that was kind of fun too. <laughs> but overall, not a great. Like I said, the basis of the movie is evil Legolas is attacking the Asgard's with the color black, <laughs> so not a good film. So that wraps up 2013, and that actually is it for DC. DC Man of Steel was the last uh, movie that DC went with, and they are not making, they haven't made a new movie and won't until 2016 when they're doing the Batman, Superman, Donna Justice, and the Suicide Squad movie. Uh Which we'll have to do an entire podcast on the Suicide Squad movie where you talk me off a ledge. <laughs> well, I, I think I'm on the ledge next to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, just, well, you're going to have to grab me and either jump off with me or, or pull me back because... I don't I know. Don't, I, I,
1: I, I think that I can see perhaps more redeeming stuff in it. I think you're too close to the Suicide Squad. That's true,
0: That which is why I can't, which is why I need you, because you have to... You Be know, reasonable. I'm, too, you. I'm in too deep. I'm in too deep <laughs> with the Suicide Squad. Alright, so we cap While We're getting close to the end. We're in, you know, if this was a Chris Nolan movie, we're... We're at 207 right now, so we're entering Act 5. I was going to say, yeah, so we're getting close to Act 6. Let's (laughs) go. Yeah, so last movie, 2014. Only Marvel came out this year. They came out with four films last year. Three of them were excellent. One of them was a horrible piece of crap. Uh, We're going to start off (laughs) with the mere fact that this particular movie was not my favorite comic book movie of 2014 lets you know how how much better the world is doing mm-hmm. with comic movies because the fact that Captain America Winter Soldier was my second favorite movie of last year
1: it's hard to pick uh, I again depending on my mood either that or Guardians of the Galaxy but Winter Soldier was far and away the best Marvel movie up to that point
0: <laughs> yeah I think I think Winter Soldier, I just, I think I had more fun with Guardians of the Galaxy, but now that I think it, Captain America Winter Soldier is probably the best movie mm-hmm. out of all of these, even though they did that thing where like, you know, we're going to pretend like people have died that they've been doing for like nine movies now, which is the biggest problem with the Marvel movies, quite frankly, is that they yeah. kill all of their characters.
1: Yeah, but I feel like with someone like, I mean, I'm not allowed to spoil this one.
0: Spoiler alert. We've said it before. Spoilers if you're still listening by now.
1: Throughout. With someone like Nick Fury, it makes sense,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right? And they frankly should have seen it coming. Of course they didn't kill him. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he he seems like the kind of guy, because of who he is and who he works for and what he is the head of, that, you know, he can lay low for a long time and only reappear when it's advantageous to him. So that I was fine with. I actually... I didn't see... I saw this movie before you. Uh, I think I saw it opening weekend in theaters, and you hadn't seen it, I think, for maybe a couple weeks after that. Um... But I wanted to actually text you during the movie because I knew you would love it so much. Because that movie, I'm like, oh, man, this is Captain America and S.H.I.E.L.D. meets Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2. Like, this is totally up our alley. Yeah, it
0: was it was just excellent. And they played, like, the only thing in the movie that I had a problem with was, and this goes back to our conversation about uh, earlier about the, uh, you know, steampunk world and making everything in the 1800s look cool, mm-hmm. was the, the analog 1960s oh, yeah. computer that yeah. had. Yeah that was able to access a USB cable. Like, I had a couple of problems with that, but again, it's a comic book. That's movie. a minor, minor thing. You just kind of shrug it off. Although it wasn't, because it was a huge plot point in the movie, right? Because they needed uh, uh, Germany, McGerman to explain... I was willing it. to forgive that. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, it's true. To explain that S.H.I.E.L.D. was... was you know, Hydra was in S.H.I.E.L.D. the whole mm-hmm. time, and so it was really good. Uh, but yeah, everything about that. Like you said, the, the fact that you didn't know who was on whose side until the very end in that movie it was mm-hmm. it was very and like the one sequence where captain america figures it out and he's standing in the middle of shield and he's like looking around at everybody in the oh. you know, all, all the peon characters and stuff and he's like oh my god nobody can be trusted <laughs> it in goes himself. all the
1: way to the top <laughs> yeah it goes all the way to the top and it's just yeah like, no there was that uh, cuz there was i think it was they had a, like an extended trailer for that movie mm-hmm. and it had like the elevator scene in it like the, in its entirety yes so it was it was like, "Huh, why would that ever happen?"
0: <laughs> yeah, and like Robert Redford was just excellent. Oh, yeah. Like everybody it was great film, great film. Um so Marvel the next movie that comes out is Days of Future Past. Mhm. Yep, they follow that up with a really good, probably my personal favorite X-Men, it's either this or the Phoenix Saga from the early 90s is the the Days of Future Past uh saga in the original version of the comic, Kitty Pride, is actually the one that goes in time to save the future, but because we're paying uh, yeah. an exorbitant amount of money to see uh, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman's the one who goes back in time to save uh, save the future. And just a great film, and accomplished the ultimate goal of the film of going back and erasing everything that Brett Ratner destroyed with yep. the third X-Men movie. I
1: think that was the best part of it, frankly. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm a little bit torn on this. I'm not as big... Uh, I saw it with our friend Dave, and I'm not a big as big an X-Men fan from my childhood as uh, you and he are, um, so the movie, in a lot of ways, felt very fan servicey to me in a way that was... You know, I'm not the fan that they're servicing, so it didn't appeal to me as much, but uh, there was still a lot to enjoy there. Like, I'm not saying it's not a good movie. I'm just saying that you definitely enjoy- you got a lot more out of it than I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, more fan y. Uh, the most fan servicey movie that has come out, probably until we get that Batman Superman movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Days of Future Past, excellent movie. Now, we're not going to end on a bad note. So I'm going to mention the fact that Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out in 2014 Uh and was a horrible piece of crap. And the only good part of this movie was the fact that, um, Emma Stone's uh, Gwen Stacy character died, as she does in the comic books and everything else, and Mm -hmm. it was good because we need to get Emma Stone as far away from the Spider-Man franchise as possible and get her back into real movies.
1: Uh, Now, I have heard that if you cut out all of, if you only watch, like, the 15 minutes of screen time that Jamie Foxx has, it's awesome. Oh, yeah? I've
0: I've heard that. (laughs) And I can't believe Jamie Foxx followed up uh, Django and winning an Oscar with Playing, a Spider-Man uh, movie yeah playing, a mind, uh, one of the Sinister Sticks <laughs> yeah and like not even one of the cool members of the Sinister Sticks right
1: like
0: an mm. Electro man Electro <laughs> I controlled electricity I and mean, it's like uh, well that would be very powerful in real life but uh, you want
1: electricity here's all of it oh yeah. no too much power <laughs> is that yeah. how they beat him I assume that's how they beat him I don't know I didn't even like, it's, it's classic
0: 1960s uh, <laughs> Spider-Man yeah it really was I just, I forget how they beat I blocked most of that out of my head. Like I said, the only thing I remember, like the sequence when Gwen Stacy was falling, uh-huh. the way they did that visually was cool. And I, it was kind of corny because like you, you get like Spider-Man, he tries to like, like he shoots his web at her and like uh-huh. it follows the web go down and the web kind of turns into like a hand. So it's okay. like, it goes in like the shape, it doesn't turn into a hand, but it goes into like the shape of like, you know, four fingers and a thumb
1: uh-huh.
0: and as he, you know, attempts to grab her, but he wasn't able to save her and she dies. But, like I said, getting Emma Stone as far away from the Spider-Man franchise as possible. <laughs> get let, Let's get her back into some real movies. Yes, please. So, the last movie we're going to talk about Woo. is the last one that came out. And it was the surprise hit. Great movie. Top to bottom. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Vin Diesel. Um, why was he passed up for an Oscar?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I Maybe think generally know. you need to see mo- say more than four words.
0: No, I don't no, I don't think so. I think, like <laughs> what more does Vin what more does Vin have to do to get an Oscar is is what I'm Well
1: you. this is this is uh yeah, my favorite Vin Diesel voice acting role since the Iron Giant.
0: <laughs> and he was excellent in that too. I mean, like I said, like like how about, like I was saying man. earlier, I was saying er- earlier we need to get to have just have someone Super Spider Man be in the in the costume the whole time and just hire a guy to do the voice. Why not Vin Diesel? Let's get Vin Diesel as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Right there. I just rebooted Spider-Man right then and there. <laughs> We're good. We don't We don't need anything else. Fun movie. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, terrible villain, I think. But other than that. In Guardians of the Galaxy? Well. Uh, they, 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 oh, here's the thing. I'm not familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy. I imagine that most people going into this movie aren't. They didn't yeah, do a great ag- a job I, of explaining uh, Lee Pace's motivations as uh, a... Uh, I, wow, I, I think I was one of the...
0: I think I was one of the... Ronan the Accuser. That's I it. think I was one of the ten people who had actually you know, heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy before that was a movie, <laughs> and then everybody Wikipedia'd it. Um, I didn't read the Guardians of the Galaxy, so I didn't have a deep understanding of it, but I knew that like Ronan the accuser, I knew because he'd been used in the Infinity Wars and whatnot. So I see. and Ronan's kind of a cool character.
1: Uh well I'd heard of Guardians of the Galaxy and I'd heard of Star Lord, but that was literally
0: all. Yeah. And they definitely use him as like like they, they basically take ten seconds to explain that he's in favor of genocide. Mm-hmm. and that's his sole motivation.
1: Well, sure. I mean, they're just like this guy's evil and we know that and so let's move on. Be- exactly.
0: And that's all you need in these movies. And that's that's the formula that Marvel has figured out that DC is still yet to figure well, out. Well, sure. And I like... mean,
1: the movie wasn't really about him. It was about this unlikely band of heroes coming together.
0: Yeah. Uh So, yeah, that's it. That's it as far as our grade. So, we're, you know, getting probably going to have to split this into two parts. Uh, as far as podcasting goes because I don't really want to release like a two and a half hour pod but let's go rapid fire here and okay so we're going to go rapid fire real quick here and I'm just going to have you say on a scale of 1 to 10 how excited you are for these next few comic book movies that are announced Ooh, Okay. Uh, in production we know coming out next year Marvel has Avengers 2 The Age of Ultron scale of 1 to 10 Oh,
1: uh, eight. 8 <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm out, of, I'm out of nine. I think that one's going to be really good. I'm very
1: excited. Um, I can see where, I mean, it, as a lot of averages, I don't know that they can continue to live up to the hype, but I have strong hopes that they've been doing well over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man starring Paul Rudd. Six. Six. I, I would play... love for it to be good. I'm skeptical. Ant Man, not my favorite. They're not doing the Hank Pym Ant Man either. Exactly. Uh, so I'm not sure how this is going to go, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I'm at like a like a six, mm-hmm. seven. That's what I I'm say seven. I'm going to go seven for Ant Man. The Fantastic Four reboot. <laughs> I'm morbidly curious. I'll say four. <laughs> I, I am at a a, a flaccid one. <laughs>
1: Because
0: a flaccid one, not not a hard one, a flaccid Mm -hmm. one. Because I hate the Fantastic Four so much. So maybe a little bias in me there. Um, Again,
1: morbidly curious. I'm I don't like the Fantastic Four either. But I, I I I I would have to look at like a cast list or something before I give a better answer.
0: Batman Superman
1: 2016. Oh God, I've never been more skeptical about a movie. Um. I have to give it a completely middle-of-the-road five, because yeah. I, I don't like Zack Snyder. I'm iffy on a lot of the casting, but I am desperate to see a Justice League-ish movie.
0: I'm at, I'm at a three. I'm at a three for that one, and I love both those characters and everything they're about. So that lets you know. Well, so do so, I. It's just I don't the,
1: see it going well.
0: <laughs> so those are all the movies that are currently in production. Mm-hmm. Let's like riffle through rapid-fire style again. These are the ones that Marvel has announced, and then we'll do DC real quick. Mm-hmm. Marvel has announced a Deadpool for 2016.
1: I don't know. I'm not as into Deadpool as I think a lot of other people are. Um, I reserve judgment. I think
0: that I'll see it. I let's say a six again. I'm gonna go one. Ryan Reynolds is in. He's poison. Oh yeah. Uh, America. Captain America: Civil War, 2016. I'm down. Absolutely. Me too, but I will preface by saying... I'm at like an 8 for that one, but I'm going to preface that by saying I hated the Civil War plotline in the comic books. I'm not terribly Uh,
1: familiar. I could see where they would do it well. I'm going to say 8 as
0: well. uh, X-Men Apocalypse, 2016.
1: Uh, Again, not as big an X-Men fan. I'm not familiar with any sort of Apocalypse storyline, but they've been doing well lately. Uh, I'll say 7. I'm at a 9
0: for that one, because Apocalypse is my favorite X-Men villain. Mm. Uh, Gambit, 2016. Oh, they're doing the Gambit movie. Ooh... Uh, Again,
1: I don't know a ton about it, but I'm down. Yeah, let's go 8 or 9. Yeah, I'm going to go 7 for Gambit. Uh, Doctor Strange, 2016. I am totally down for this. Uh, Not so much for Benedict Cumberbatch necessarily. I do like him. There's a few other people I would have liked to see in the role. But uh, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I'll I'll call an (laughs) 8.
0: I was gonna call it an eight. I'm gonna go at about a six for Doctor Strange, sure. but uh, cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Untitled Wolverine sequel, 2017. Flaccid uh, one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't seen any Gar- of the other Wolverine movies. I'm not gonna see
0: this one. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a, a two. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Wolverine a two. Wow. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two, 2017. Ah, uh, a
1: nine. I really enjoyed the first one. I don't know how they can follow it up but retain the charm, but I will give uh, Chris Pratt the benefit of the doubt.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go nine with that one as well. Uh, Untitled Untitled Fantastic Four sequel 2017. Wow.
1: Same second verse, same as the first. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I'll have to give you an answer once the first reboot movie comes out.
0: Untitled Spider-Man film 2017, so that's going to be the third Spider-Man reboot.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Again, I need to know a lot more about it. Um, but uh cautious. I, I would never got into the uh new reboot with uh Andrew Garfield, so I think by twenty seventeen I'd be ready for some more Spider Man.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say five. Yeah, I'll say four or five. If it was any other uh label, I'd probably be at like a two. Uh Thor Ragnarok, the third Thor movie, two thousand seventeen.
1: Uh I like Ragnarok as a concept. I'm just knowing what that word means. Um uh, I'm on the yeah optimistic side of caution i would say a six
0: yeah, i'm gonna go a three for that one mm. i don't know why uh Avengers infinity war they get into the infinity war in 2018
1: uh i'm absolutely down for that they're doing that one in two parts yeah 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 i'm yeah so I'm infinity in. war part one is 2018. i mean i'd have to see how the second avengers treats me before we get there i mean obviously there's several years between now and then but uh eight, nine
0: eight all right yeah i'm gonna, yeah i'm gonna say i'm at a nine for that one uh DC now, the uh, Suicide Squad movie, two thousand sixteen.
1: Uh, that seems like it could be the Guardians of the Galaxy with characters that I know better. Uh, yeah, I'm I am going to say that's a nine. The, that's the goal. I am going to say a nine, but again, I am skeptical I'm at, of I'd DC's like, ability to do that sort of movie.
0: Yeah, I am at a super twelve for this because it's my favorite, you know, comic book <laughs> go, going right now. But like, yeah. It, they they announced an excellent cast and Zack Snyder's not directing it, so I'm I'm sitting at a twelve right now. And if I see a trailer, maybe my expectations will dip. But right now, I'm at a twelve. Yeah, anywhere between ten and fifteen. <laughs> 2017, Marvel is going to tr- or DC is going to try to do Wonder Woman, which would be the first. Uh, one to star a female character since Elektra in 2005.
1: If it is not, who is it doing it in the Batman, Superman, Galgardo? Galgardo, Gal or I'm not sure how you pronounce that last week. Gal- uh, Gal- as Gardo. long as it's not her, chances are it'll be someone better. Uh, I like Wonder yeah. Woman as a character. Uh, cautious optimism. Give it a six.
0: Yeah, Justice League Part 1, 2017. It's so down. I don't care if it's terrible. I need to see it. <laughs> now, this is interesting move by DC here they're doing the Justice League in 2017 but they're going to do The Flash in 2018 oh my god The Flash
1: yay absolutely if it's if it's half as good as the series it'll be a good movie
0: I'm in the Zack Snyder Aquaman in 2018 as well <laughs> Zack Snyder Aquaman is a joke that I
1: swore that they made on Entourage uh, on they never quite went that far I am so skeptical um it, it, did you see the
0: photo he tweeted of Jason Momoa? I did,
1: and it looks—I—I'm uh, I, I'm so torn. I really am. I—I I have I to just, give
0: this one a, a four. I just don't understand why he hates colors. I just don't get that. Marvel has plans for a Shazam movie in 2019. Get The Rock on board I
1: and mean, I'm, a, I'm a 12.
0: Yeah, I'll be a 12 for that. I'm going to be a 10 regardless. Yeah, no, I'm, the rock I'm down on... for a
1: Shazam movie regardless. Yeah, if you get The Rock on
0: board to play Shazam when Billy Baston goes Shazam, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'll be... I might go up to a 15 for that like, one.
1: Like, don't announce it or anything. Just, you know, have The Rock be in that movie uncredited until the final credits. Yeah.
0: DC, DC is thinking all the way into <coughs> 20, 2020 with a Cyborg movie.
1: Hmm. Um, if you set it in present day I'm not terribly interested but if you do it like Batman Beyond era I'm down absolutely
0: yeah. and then they plan on trying to get it in 2020 they're also going to try to reboot the Green Lantern franchise
1: I don't care about Green Lantern he's like my least favorite member of the Justice League <laughs> Ah,
0: such a good comic, though. My God. People, you just... It's so nerdy. You can't translate. It just seems that
1: if you have uh, power of thought and imagination to do whatever you want, they just do it in such a limited way. And maybe... Yeah. Maybe they need to stretch that muscle
0: a bit. It's so space nerdy that it's tough to get it into, you know, regular mainstream. (laughs) And I am a
1: space nerd. Like, it seems like I would be down for that sort of thing, but...
0: But you know what? They they, 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 They got Guardians of the Galaxy, right? So they should be able to get a Green Lantern movie, right? Let's hope so. Kevin Miller... Thank you very much for doing this with me. Absolutely. I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast eventually. Probably uh, do that Suicide Squad one where you try to talk me out of you know, <laughs> suicide myself. I'll do my best. Anyway, yeah, thanks for having well, me. Plug your Twitter account or something. I don't have a
1: Twitter. So to have a Twitter I have do have plug anything right to now, plug? Not really, sorry. All right. <laughs> Put me take on the care. spot. All right. Take care, man.